When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Trelaw underneath, puts it onto the left boot, floats it home. A neat little hook on the floater. And the Pies get the first off the boot of Adam Trelaw. He kick for his new buddy Lynch, who plays from behind. Got it. Opened the goal front and snapped it through. That is all too easy. Revolt and Lynch combining to devastating effects. Fumbled by Roughhead. Martin towed it to his own advantage. Hamp passed it to Stag. He thought about giving it off, then did it himself. It's a defensive horror from the Magpies. And they are in a world of hurts. Revolt was smarter, gave it to Lynch. They are best buddies, and they are loving their new venue at the MCG together. Lynch kicks his fourth, shares the joy with Revolt, and the Tigers increase their lead to 50 points. Cops get the tap down. And what energy they've got left. The muster dissipates as Richmond... Send the message, if it wasn't already there, to the rest of the competition that they are going to be right there in the reckoning. All the pieces have come together. And as the turn nears for home, they've landed another scalp. They've beaten Collingwood by 32 points, and it could well have been more. Yeah, the ladder's not finalised now, so we're happy with where we're sitting. We've got some areas of our game we'll certainly like to, to get better. But, you know, the guys can, you know, look at it and sit on their hands or they can realise we can get a hell of a lot better than what we're doing at the moment. Richmond grabs hold of Premiership favouritism, franking the looming threat with a powerful Friday night display. One half of footy's new dynamic duo, Jack Revolts, is our headline guest. You know, keep believing in the way that you know, we think the game should be played. Um, I think there's enough evidence over the last year and a half that when we do what we do well, that it stacks up. We're just a little bit off at the moment. There's a lot of improvement in us, but um, we've got a month to find that. For the first time since April, Collingwood is out of the top four. Can the Magpies arrest the slide to mount any sort of premiership threats? Captain Scott Pendlebury joins us. Lots of agendas being run. There's agendas to move me on and get me out of the club. And as I said, it's got more froth than Theranos. Oh, I definitely want to be a senior coach. Just when's probably the question. Are you going to go for all three vacant jobs? I'm not sure. I've probably got to get asked first. <laughs> I'm not confident about anything really at this stage, so <laughs> yeah. I had a chat with the, with the committee and it was a good conversation. I'm going to catch a little bird and I'm going to ask him what I've got in my hands. I'm going to ask him, is it dead or is it alive? 
There are weird mob out coaches and they continue to dominate the news, both in the here and now and the shape of things to come. We'll debate it all in the crunch. This is the round 19 edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50 and the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. a suspicion that had been given voice and last night came the proof of Richmond towards the end of season 2019 and it dominates crunch time. Jared Waitley with you. Kane Corns is with me. Kane, did it leave an impression on you? Absolutely it did and um, while they've just been dominant for the last five weeks, haven't they? But to put it together on the big stage, Friday night footy in tough conditions, game over at, at quarter time, which is concerning for Collingwood the last two weeks. Clearly, the game's been pretty much done at quarter time. You know, two goals combined in their last two first quarters. So, massive issues for Collingwood. I know we'll get to that. But the big story, the big story is, is Richmond. And we were waiting for Tom Lynch to click. Well, it's clicked. And good luck trying to trying to beat them, particularly with the run they've got at the MCG in the lead-up to finals. Bob Murphy, is it enough to stoke the embers of faith in a man who might have deserted all? Never, never doubted them, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmation. No, they they were they were sensational, weren't they? I I think you know it was such a dominant display, but I think in those conditions, I think it adds a, another layer of the dominance. Um, Collingwood, you know, would have been shell shocked, and I'm sure they were at, at quarter time, as Kane says, the the game was done and dusted, so that you know the Tigers all of a sudden emerges, if not if not the team to beat, certainly one of them. And Dermot Brereton. Good morning. Good morning. How? Hello, boys. There's few things quite as exciting as a dynamic forward duo. You've been part of it. You've seen a few. We've got a new one. Yeah, well, it's fantastic to see them uh, cohabitating. Uh, I think Tom Lynch has been pretty good all year. They've asked him to play a different role until Jack's come back in. They've asked him to be deeper and to be a, a focal point that they can kick the ball long to. He competes and they bring it down low and they've got a lot of little blokes. Now with Jack in there, it allows him freedom. Hey, I'm going to roam up and I'm going to travel up the field a little bit more. Hence, his possession uh, count is a lot higher and he can be more damaging. The joy that they get from each other. So, Revolt has, I think, transformed his game over a few years. Yeah, he has. But his sole purpose now looks like to feed Tom Lynch, and the more he does it, and the more he enjoys it. Well, the thing it also allows him, and even Jack last year, who was, mag oh, last year, in the premiership year, two years ago, was magnificent. But he was still able to be mobile, but not, not get too far out of position. you got to understand that playing that position is quite methodical. You can have all the brilliance within yourself, but it still is a methodical employment where you have to be back at a certain area so that the smaller blokes can feed off you. Now, although one of them who's closest to that area where the, what we call the hot zone, whatever it is, the com competition down the line, the other gets the chance to actually work his man over. So you've always got one key forward in mobile attitude who can get around and get to dangerous places. Yeah, it's, it's working brilliantly for them. So, Kane, the, the course of the year has been spent searching for the best team. Is that question now answered in your mind? 
At the moment, yes. Uh, I, I just they're just playing with a hunger uh, that I haven't seen from any other side, really, Jared. So, and you look at the pressure on for spots and some players who weren't necessarily even part of the premiership. Uh, you know, Sydney Stack, the role he's playing last night. Short, yeah. hungry. Vlosten has gone to a new level. Then you got Shy Bolton who's come in, and you're like, who's this kid? Well, you know, he's been around for a bit, but starting to actually uh, dominate and insert himself onto games. Grimes has gone to a new level, if that's possible. And then Jack Graham was a, was a what, a five-game premiership player. He's laid 13 tackles last night. So I just think they're hungry. They've got skill. They've got class. And when their big guns come to play like Martin last night, 23 in the first half, he looked a class above anyone. And you got Lynch, you got Revolt. Um, it's frightening. I think it's frightening for everyone else in the competition. And, you know, say if they, they did play a Geelong on the MCG in that first final, um, look out. I, I, Bob, chat to you about this. I, a lot of the time we look at league footy and we say... Oh, this is how they do it at, at the top level. They're drilled so well. There was a lot of basics football about Richmond last night. Mm. And, you know, the, the old attitude of playing in front, which you shouldn't always play in front. That's a furphy. Always play in front of your man. That is a furphy. But the attitude in wet weather football, it was what you would teach 12-year-olds, but they carried it out beautifully. Every time there was an errant kick coming forward, whether it went into Collingwood's forward line or Richmond, there just seemed to be a Richmond player forging to the front. It was a great uh, um, uh, I suppose display of what your under 12 coaches should teach you in the in the disciplines of footy. It's true. I, I think sometimes we get we, we get sort of almost enchanted a little bit by the by the sophistication of footy because, you know, the, the tactical sort of evolution of the game. But if, if you get the basics wrong, it, it, everything else falls down. And I, yeah. and I think – and those conditions last night just just put that into a sharper focus, don't they? I think Rocket Ede used to have a – you know, constantly was telling us, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So if we – the, the simple ball handling and, and, you know, the body positioning, whether to play in front and last night, you know, the, the – has a certain set of rules and you could tell right from the start that Richmond had, you know, they had really locked that away. They understood the situation beautifully. So the note of caution is Trent Cotchen, the mm. hamstring for the third time. So regardless of how serious this ends up being, Kane, it's it's a, a constant problem for him. Uh, he's been, I think he, he interviewed him um, either side of the bye and he, he had become slightly paranoid about it because... Mm. Um, because of what was going on, and, and there it is again last night. So mm. that's the note of caution out of it. It is, yeah. And I was, uh, I was, I spent a lot of time as a player just in the medical room with the doctors and just chatting about things and injuries and, and things like that. The docs used to say with hammies, the, there's two factors. If you've done one before, you're more likely to do one again, and your age. Uh, so once you get those two risk factors happening, this is what exactly what we're seeing with with Trent Cochin. He's a bit older now, and he's got previous history with them. So according to you know, Neil Barm, I heard him on the Channel Seven broadcast last night not too serious at first glance but um look the buy before the finals will come at a good time i reckon they might be able to sneak one game in uh, before that buy rest him in the buy and then then hopefully he's good to go but also bob the mental um anguish i guess that places on you i guess you're a bit paranoid to run at full complete top speed for risk of doing it again so i mean he's gonna have to battle some some mental hurdles in the lead up to the finals yeah you'd, you'd love to get a game in um, before the final series, just because of those those little doubts, I think the thing I would worry about now with with Koch and if this this is the third time this year that when you miss 
you miss that chunk of you know that's that's big chunks of, of training and, and workload mm. into the legs that the other other problems can can pop up as a result of just having having missed. Yeah, that but if chunk. he if he gets fit, he plays. Yeah, oh, even in, even in week yeah. one of finals. And yeah. his form's been good off a off. Off these injuries, you know, he's come straight back in, and you know he's, he's the ultimate saying, pro. We know that he's susceptible yeah. when he comes yeah. back. Yep. How deep are Collingwood's woes? So they've I'm lost not, four out of five. Yeah, I know, but I'm not doomsday on on Collingwood. So much, and, and, and I'm looking at the the. I'm probably probably you talked about the sophistication of how we look at football now, but in a little bit of a sophisticated matter, I'm looking within, and I think it's all rectifiable. Now, can they get back to what they were? Late last year, debatable. That's personnel that's going to help them get there as well. The amount of times, and, I, you know, just in my mind's eye, I'm thinking of Jack Crisp fumbling the ball when it's, it's handballed out to him just on the back of the pack. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of all the blast kicking away from stoppages. They won the stoppages, the clearances, but they blast kicked it. And the one thing Richmond would put up on their board and say, God, what do we want today from the opposition? Blast kick it from the stoppage. That's what we want. We'll get, we'll win it back. That is rectifiable. Mason Cox, I'm not as uh, hell-bent on, on tearing him down as other people because he gets his hands to the ball. At some stage, it's, um, I know he got the Bronx cheers, but they were mainly from Richmond yes, supporters. Yeah, which um, echoed the preliminary yeah, final, didn't it? But he, he clunked a few late in the game, and I am still a big believer. Uh, and you mentioned Rocket Ede before. Uh, Robert, and I will quote Alan Jeans, you tend to start off the next week the way you finished the last week. And his hands came very, very good late last night. Yes, so much has to go right. Yes, they have to get personnel back. But I'm not as much of a doomsdayer on Collingwood as even a lot of their supporters seem to be. Kane, where are you? A little bit more concern than Derm. I think uh, the midfielders are getting their hands to the ball. That's okay. I, I agree with you on just the little things that were, you know, not tangible last night. But they went to ground a lot, didn't they, Derm? Like yeah, the, they did. Losing your feet in the wet. And they just looked off the pace. So um, getting the ball into the forward line and then holding it in there is an issue for them. Now, is that the personnel that they've got down there? I mean, their forwards don't apply massive amounts of pressure when you compare them to the good sides. You know, Cox struggles with that. Uh, Elliot's finding his feet from injury. Yeah, well, Elliot struggles with that too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. That, that not should a... be a strength though, shouldn't it? Shouldn't I mean, it? Cox yep. is seven foot, but they're at, because of the, that that small, you know, that small medium size with pace. I would, would have thought that's a real strength for Nathan. Oh, I think Buckley. that's why. Dacos comes in, Bob, and yeah. um, you know you've got Varco down there. That that should be his strength, but they're struggling to hold the ball in there, and even just little things. Just looking at the numbers last night, I mean Richmond kicked three goals from kick-ins in the wet. Now you might get one goal from kick-ins per game, and coaches will be furious about that. They've one score, yeah. exactly. They mm. kicked three in the wet, and it just says to me that. I don't know if there's a lack of hunger, there's a lack of a want and a chase to tackle and pressure. 49 tackles across the board in wet conditions, big stage when Richmond have had 400-plus disposals is alarming for me. So uh, you're right, if they can discover the pressure and the hunger, which takes no talent whatsoever, it's an intensity um, about them that they're missing at the moment. But when's it going to come back? Because there's been questions for, what, six, seven, eight weeks now on Collingwood. So I'm waiting for it to flip. 
but uh, I'm yet to see it. There's much to explore. We'll do it with Scott Pendlebury and next with Jack Revolts. We'll take your calls just after midday. The Star 21 open line, one 736 736 Star 21, your world's endless possibilities. Jack Revolt about to join us on Crunch Time for Honda, introducing Honda's 50 years limited edition range. Search Honda 50 and for Sublife at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Footy's new dynamic duo was something to behold at the MCG last night. Jack Revold and Tom Lynch. It did bring to mind great pairings of the past. And Jack is with us on Crunch Time. Jack, congratulations and welcome. Hello, Jared. How are you? Describe for us the blossoming partnership that you've got going on with Tom. Uh, I suppose it's yeah, it's just starting to form nicely at the moment. He's um, he's hit some fantastic form. Over the, especially the last three weeks, and um, I'm sort of really enjoying the uh, the front row seat to the to the Tom Lynch show. He's sort of finding his legs and and um, and showing um, showing well, I suppose the world again what sort of player he is and, and what sort of player we know he can be going forward for us. Have a hunch you're feeding him his lines a little bit, Jack. Is how much how much does the prospect excite you as to what this can be long term? Um, yeah. Oh, look, it's 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 a it's a really tantalising prospect for us as a, as a group. I've um, probably never really had the opportunity to play with a, a, another elite key forward. Um, being the older guy, I was lucky enough to play under under Richo um, for for a couple of years there. But I was I was pretty young at that stage. But to 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 I mean, evolve as a forward line with a, another really um, elite A grader as a, as a threat is um is great for our club. I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying. Just trying to tinker and t- teach Tom a few little things and a few little things I've picked up over the journey, and, and I'm learning from him as well. He's um, got a, an amazing work ethic, and it's, it's something that I've picked up that I'll, I want to keep working for me. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really enjoying playing with him at the moment. Hey, Jack Derm here. Um, congratulations on the win. Thanks, Dad. Hey, uh, hey, not that you would be surprised, but is it is it daunting to see just how hard? Tom Lynch can run. Um, oh, look, I've sort of probably really known it. I think the the, the thing with with Tom is that um, I mean, if you'd asked me at the start of the year how many games would would be a pass mark to to see him play coming off the the back of a PCL reconstruction, I would have said maybe fifteen games would 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 be would be happy with that um, and and some impact sort of towards the back end of the season, but. I mean, to, for him to play every game this year and to play really high minutes has been a, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been a really credit a credit to Tom and, and our fitness staff to get him up, and he um, he's just a genuine big brute. The the element of the game that I didn't know that he had was that, that ground ground level style of play, and I think last week he, he nearly ran over straight over the top of um, poor Carl Amon and just something that I, I didn't know that he had and um, last night it was on, on display again his ability to, to pick the ball up off the ground and, and not just be a, a, a marking key forward also be that ground level player which um, which I mean is, is, is so rare for, for a key forward to be as well. Yeah, he's got a touch of the nasties in him. We've seen that <laughs> over the journey and we saw it last week especially. Hey, tell us, uh, uh, your ability, what you supplied for the team the last two years, you know, all that creativity, that wonderful ability to kick goals, that wonderful ability to create goals, but you also had to do the grunt work. When it was a kick down the line, you had to compete and bring it front and centre, which can take the steam out of you. 
How nice is it to have somebody who can take 50% of that type of work and allow you to work elsewhere in the forward line with creativity? Um, I think coming off injury, Dermot, it's been, um, it's been uh, I've, I've really noticed the fact that I've, I probably haven't, had, haven't found myself in as many contests as say, I would have maybe 24 months ago. Um, and I think just from my body-wise uh, and getting touch back, I, I'm actually really relishing the opportunity to, I suppose it sounds silly, but not be involved in so many of those um, sort of bone-crunching contests. So yep. he, he, Tom, Tom's um, ability to, to move around the ground along with... I think Marby or Child playing a little bit more forward as well as Ruck has, has helped us as well. So um, I, I hope for, for obviously myself just it might prolong my career a little bit and give me a bit more longevity. And, and um, it's also another a, a great strength to, to our group that we can have um, have different guys being able to win those one-on-one contests or sometimes 1v2, 1v3 contests that, that we know are so crucial for us to, to get the ball on the ground with the that's more brigade that we've got. When the concept was first floated past you, Jack, that that the club was looking at Tom, could you instantly feel what the possibilities were, or did you have that first moment of going, "Oh, that'll be curious. I wonder how this will work." Um, oh, I suppose you, you you want to get any sort of high end talent to your club if you can if you can get them in. And there's always been, um, I, I mean, I've always really looked to to have a. A younger key forward comes through and 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 be able to to help and maybe impart a little bit of um, I suppose wisdom on as well. But um, yeah, it's, sometimes they sort of you sort of the the um, list management team comes to the older players and they say, well, what about this guy here? And as soon as you hear a guy of the quality of Tom Lynch and the possibility of getting him, and we sort of I just jumped at the opportunity and it's um, it was really exciting and sort of the back end of 20, um, 2018 where we didn't we, we weren't sure whether he was going to come and then the news came through that he, he'd chosen us. So I was um, over the moon and then to get him here, we can see why we've got him. He's, he's such a great talent. It's always fantastic when they ask a key forward that because they know it can benefit them. You ask a centre square ruckman, oh, we're bringing another centre square <laughs> ruckman <laughs> yeah. to the club and they go, oh, he's not that good. Don't bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Yeah, no, yeah. Think... Jack, Jack, Bob here. Congratulations last night, mate. We Thanks, were talking. Bob. We were talking a little bit about the fact that Tigers last night was a masterclass in the basics. Is that was that the message in the build-up to the game? Just with the the conditions being what they were last night, was it was it back to the basics of you know underage coaching, or was it or was there still the sophistication of modern footy? Um, to be honest, Bob, I don't think there is for us. There isn't too much sophistication in the way we play. We we play a, a brand of footy that it's probably is suited to, to the wet. We, we're a, a, bit, a bit of a blue collar grunt side. We um, have have some some obviously some some names up there that are, that are stars of the competition. But then we just have this, um, I suppose, workforce behind us and, and working like mentality that we we really thrive on and um, the conditions suited that, that last night and um, but we like to think that we don't sort of change things up too much with, with the weather obviously ball handling can be a bit trickier in the wet so we probably kicked it a little bit more than we handled it the, the week prior so um, I, I just think our group really thrives on that now whether that was at, at, at AFL level last night or at VFL yesterday in the, at afternoon against Collingwood at VFL level we know that we've got the, the cattle to go out there and, and really thrive in those conditions. 
Jack, can I ask you about a couple of your teammates who are currently out of the side? Firstly, mm -hmm. Alex Rands, just how he's tracking and, and, and whether he's a chance to, to come back. And also Josh Caddy, who was such a weapon for you the last few years at the moment, playing some solid footy in the twos, and whether you expect to see him back anytime soon. Yeah, look, um, I'll, I'll start with Cads. Um, I think um, he had a little bit of a knock on, on Thursday on his legs. I think he was he might have been a, a sneaky chance to return last night, but he just had a little bit of a knock, which was a um, a, a day sort of setback for him, and he just didn't get up with a, with a five-day break, unfortunately, at, at VFL level. So he like he's still um, in a really good spot to to return maybe this week, maybe the week after. Um, that'll be up to the coaches, but he's um, sort of just found himself, unfortunately, he got a, a leg infection. Um, he's been played in different positions due to the fact that we've had guys missing through injury, and, and one one of Josh's greatest strengths is his flexibility. So we know that he can play that forward, forward medium type forward role, and we've had to use him a little bit more on ball, probably more than we would we would like. But um, we we know that these are. A fantastic player. So at the moment, we're we're just trying to find a role for him to get him back into the senior side because he he certainly is um, in our in our best twenty two. Um, Alex is um, obviously still progressing through his ACL um, rehabilitation. Um, he's uh, he's yeah moving really well, um, doing some some really strong sessions in in rehab. Um, are they competitive the sessions yet, Jack, or are they still <laughs> sort of skill based stuff? No, there isn't anything real competitive about it. It's, it's probably the thing that it, it would be the final thing you'd have to tick off Bob yep. if he was to he was to return. But um, I think Neil, Neil Barnes spoke about it yesterday that um, Alex isn't on a one-year contract, so there, there's that element for us not to not to rush him back. And and we know that we've got some really good years ahead of of, of Alex of, of really good football for us and. Um, I suppose I'll just continue to weigh that up as the as the journey goes along. But first and foremost will be his um, his health and, and and making sure that he's um, he's there next year, the year after, and the year after that, and not not rushing into to something in the in the back end of this season. Jack, how's the skipper? And did you speak to him post game? And, and how is he mentally? I would have liked to think. Uh, welcome there, Kane. What's going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 uh, the skipper's going all right. He's just uh, he's had a couple of hammies this year, uh, and and um, decent hammies as well. So um, I think he just got a little bit of signal last night, just um, and and felt tight. There wasn't an incident where he sort of pulled up or he's he's felt a grab or anything like that. So the um, he just sort of made the medical staff aware, and they took that that cautionary approach to 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 him, and as you would do with someone that's had a, a history of of hamstrings over the last 12 months. So he'll be, um, he'll probably miss a, a week this week or maybe even a two, but it's, um, it's a, the smart approach to uh, a, a very valuable player to us. Can I get your insight into Sydney Sack? It's the story of the year for me. We know the troubles that he had in his junior days. Is he fully adjusted to life as an AFL footballer or does he still need week-to-week -week support from the club? I think every player needs week-to-week -week support, Kane, just with, with, with what goes on in your life, with the everyday issues. We're, we're still human beings. We still have stuff happening in our lives that um, 
may may affect our, our mental state. But Sydney's um, a fantastic young man who um, I think may have had a, a, a bit of a, a rougher upbringing and a, and a different upbringing to to a lot of other Australian kids. So he um, he just needed his opportunity, and 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 the club the club's uh, list management and drafting departments felt that that opportunity was here and um, in consultation with the, with the leadership group. And the one thing I, I love about Sydney is he really did a little apprenticeship uh, with the group when he wasn't on the list and he mm. came to camp and, and he wasn't on the, on the, on the team or on the, on the squad at that point in time, but he was, um, he's really diligent. He's uh, obviously got an uh, amazing talent. There's not many kids that can come in and impact um, in the back line, in the forward line and in the midfield. Um, and he's, um, he's a very, very good player for us. And, He's got some some areas that we would love him to improve in, as um, as every player does, every young player does as well. So we're um, we're certainly excited about what the future holds for Sydney staff. Jack, a lot of the uh, kudos this morning and last night went around Dusty Tom Lynch and and, the, and almost forgotten, but he's almost so regularly mentioned as a forgotten guy. He's no longer forgotten, Dylan <laughs> Grimes, but the one who who I think slides in under everybody, and I th- I can't believe he wasn't you know, in the top three on the ground when people are talking about it. Not that it, that means everything, but Dion Prestia's game last night I thought was as good as uh, a dish-up as since he's been there. 30-something possessions, half of them contested, eight clearances. I, I thought he had a really good, complete inside uh, game and worked to the outside as well. Yeah, I think he probably sums up that blue-collar work ethic uh, that I spoke about at the, at the start of the interview, Dion here, he's having a fantastic year. Um, he has also come to the club with a with a few little injury niggles and, and an injured injury sort of checkered past, and he um, he's just finding continuity. Uh, we asked him to step up with obviously Trent being out of the side for for the majority of this year. We needed that that next midfielder, and and, and the one thing Dion does do is he's, he's a fantastic two way runner for us. He's a, a guy, a really strong defending mid, um, and then he can get the ball going forward. I think the conditions really suited him last night. He was he was strong at ground level, and um, yeah, he's a, he's a, a very vital cog to to this Richmond side. So to tie it all together, Jack, can can you feel it coming together? Um, oh, look, I think we're playing we're, we're playing pretty good footy. Um, we came up against the side last night that was in the top four, but um, still sort of ravaged by injuries. They've been Unlucky with you. Sorry, they're um, with able to get their, their main 22 out in the park. Our, our destiny is solely in our own hands. I mean, we don't leave the MCG, which is um, which is great for us and our, and our fans. They get to see us on our on our home pitch for, for the rest of the year. But we play two sides that are still battling out the season and, and finding some form in Carlton and Melbourne over the next fortnight, and then. We get to play two sides that sit above us in the ladder. So um, our destiny really is in our own hands. And, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to this last month of footy. It's a perfect scenario. Good on you, Jack. Great great to have you on Crunch Time. Thanks, guys. Jack Revolts, the other side of the coin coming with Scott Pendlebury. Russell Barwick from Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russ, good morning. Jared, good morning to you. And uh, just off the back of that interview with Jack, I can tell you we have a new favourite to win the grand final. Richmond, 375. Now, six weeks ago, Jared, you could have got 15 bucks about them as they went through that little slump, I suppose, and that injury period. But now, $3.75 the Tigers, 4.25 Geelong, 5 bucks West Coast, and conversely, Collingwood, 
now out to $11 and can't write a ticket on them. But to today's games, Hawthorne and Brisbane kicking it off $1.76 to Hawks, but they are our Unibet footy fill-up this weekend. So if you go to the website, unibet.com.au, you can get $2 around the Hawks beating Brisbane, who are $2.07, and the line is 3 and a half. Carlton, well-supported, 2.40 to knock off the Crows at $1.54. And the West Coast, as you'd expect, favourites to beat North Melbourne later today, $1.48, $2.65. Plenty of other things on the website, the Rugby Tonight, the Rugby League, and also 20-plus racing specials across the Metropolitan Meetings, Rose Hill, Caulfield, Adelaide, and Eagle Farm in Brisbane as well. All on the website. Download the app and gamble responsibly. Jared? Thanks for us. Get legendary tips on At Odds with Junior Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. So how deep is the Collingwood trough? We will speak in a moment with the Magpie skipper, Scott Pendlebury. It's crunch time for Honda and for Subway. Since the bye, Collingwood have beaten the Bulldogs and West Coast in close encounters, lost to North Melbourne, Hawthorne, the Giants and Richmond. And for the first time since they grabbed their place in the top four in round five, they conceded it last night. The captain, Scott Pendlebury, is with us on Crunch Time. Scott, welcome. G'day, guys. How you going? Good. How would you describe the trough at the moment? Um, yeah, probably that. A bit of um, inconsistency with our form and... Um, yeah, how we're playing. We're sort of, um, last couple of weeks, it's been sort of just patches of 20 minutes of footy where we're just conceding too many goals too easily. You know, I think they kicked uh, six or seven goals in a row within about 25 minutes. Um, the Giants did it to us up there. And um, so we've just got to figure that little momentum swing out because it's costing us uh, in games. I imagine there was really strong intent going last night was it so how bitter was it to be significantly down through the patch that you're talking about um yeah obviously every week you go out there you you want to start well and we're disappointed against the giants we didn't start well because we feel like the majority of the year we've been a good starting side so um yeah and then in the conditions last night i thought um you know they're real trying conditions so um, you know, four or five goal marks sort of really feels like 10, you know, when you look up at the scoreboard and we just want to keep trying to grind away. And, um, you know, I thought a couple of times when we got it back to 28 points, if we could kick another one, it would be um, game on. But they just, you know, kept finding a way all night to, you know, kick a goal or be a little bit cleaner or would fumble. So, you know, credit to them. Their pressure was really good in the last, you know, four times, five times we played them. I think the side that out-pressures the other side has been able to run away with the game, you know, in the end. Scott, morning. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on after a loss. Really appreciate it. I, um, if I do a quick sweep, not that stats are everything, and I see contested possessions plus eight Collingwood, uh, overall stoppages um, plus eight Collingwood, I sort of then would look at the rest of the stats and think, well, Collingwood are probably pretty close in everything else and, and maybe even pressed for the win or one. Outside of those two yardstick um, statistics, what could you see, what does the team see that didn't go right for them? Um, yeah, I think, um, I don't know what it looked like. I haven't watched the game, but out there it just felt they were a lot cleaner with the wet ball than we were. And, um, you know, it was almost like it was semi-dry for them and really wet for us. And their ability, their small forwards, their, their backs just to have one possession, clean handball, and then get some territory where... You know, would fumble, would miss a handball, and then their pressure game would come into play. And uh, I thought they did that 
better when the game was on, and I think we got better as the night went on, but the damage was sort of done by that stage. Before we uh, move on and uh, the other blokes have a go, I'm not so much of a, a doom and gloom person on Colin because there's things I can see which are rectifiable, and one especially, and he said, he's a fascination because he is a human fascination being seven foot tall. But Mason Cox started to grab the ball at the end. Now, you, you want him playing better. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not so doom and gloom like other people. I, I saw him grab the ball late in the game, and I'd like to think he could start off next week the way he finished off this week. Yeah, well, I think with Coxie, the, um, you know, the, the sort of his measuring stick got moved a hell of a lot really quickly because of the Richmond final last year. And all year with Coxie, we just wanted him to compete and bring the ball to, to the front. I still feel like he does that. Um, you know, now everyone just wants him to mark every time he gets his hands on the ball, which is, you know, not realistic. So, And he's getting um, two hands said, to it a lot, though, which is wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you're a small forward, you're going to know where it's going to go because it comes, you know, in that drop zone every time. So our smalls have got to be better at working off him. And um, as you said, I feel like he's not far away from, um, you know, taking, you know, two or three really important contested marks. And, um, you know, you can see the value of those with, you know, Tom Lynch last night, you know, Sort of every time we felt like we're getting close, they got a one-on-one with him, and you know, obviously losing Ruffy, you know, made us pretty undersized back there, and he was able just to take a contested mark, and then, you know, that really sort of kills your momentum. You know, a really impressive performance by him up forward for, for the Tigers last night. Final question from me before the other boys have a have a go at you. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Um, do you feel like your midfield ran two ways well enough? Um, yeah, it's probably. Um, it's a little bit of how they play as well. So, um, you know, they their mid's really backing their defenders to win the ball. And, um, you know, a couple of times we probably sound silly, but we probably overspread. We we went with the footy without swiveling to see what was behind us. And, um, you know, they backed their defenders in to win. So they're a little bit forward of the footy already. So, um, you know, which is something in the past with Richmond that we've, we've known and um, we've been able to, to combat pretty well. But I feel like, Last night they were, you know, their system, their ability to own the middle of the ground and really work as a unit out there was a lot better than us. Scott, round 14, you lost by nine points. You won, sorry, to the Western Bulldogs and the coach said it was uh, the worst performance of the year. But the the following week he said you waved the white flag in in round 15. Do do you think in hindsight that knocked the group around a little bit, that messaging from the coach? Uh, I don't even... uh, So who do we play in round 15? You played North. Know. You lost to North Melbourne, and <laughs> and post post that game, and that's fine. And week to week, you move yeah. on pretty quickly as players. Yeah, but yeah. to be accused of, I guess, giving up or waving the white flag from the coach, did you think at the time, looking back, that that may have affected the group? Oh, I don't. I don't think. Um, and you know, you've played. Everyone that's played, you never. When you're out there, you never wave the white flag. It's just no. Sometimes sides are on, and you just no matter what you do, you're always trying. It's just. You know, there's games where it feels like they've got 30 blokes on the field and you've got about eight. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, you know, from what Bucks has said, that that's had any effect on the group. It's just that we're not in great form. And, um, you know, North were the side that sort of exposed us a little bit. And then we've been, you know, fighting since then to, to get back into it. And, um, you know, the sides, these, like now the competition's so even, there isn't a... Um, you can't really look at the ladder and go, oh, second B, 13th, you know, second will win today. It's just so even. Take us through the midfield structure and the, I guess, the connection for your midfielders because you're going to win hit-outs every week. And and more often than not, you're probably going to be even at clearances because of the personnel. But they they got you on scores last night and at times your, your communication in that area just looked off. 
Can you can can you uh, take us through that? Yeah, well, in the last month, you know, we knew Richmond were, you know, they're the best scoring side from stoppage um, in the last month going in. Um, yeah, so we, um, yeah, obviously, as you said, with Brody, we know you're going to win hitouts, but, you know, it's insane that so do they. So, mm. you know, they're sharking, they're getting proactive and, you know, they're almost sending two or three guys through your hit, hit zone. So, um, yeah, I think our communication um, and ability, I suppose, not off the direct hit, but then for guys to get after it once the ball hit, hit the ground was a little bit off compared to Richmond. I felt that, you know, Brody's hit, say, if it was going to me, that was fine. But then anything that was spilled, they cleaned up. Um, so we've got to get better at making sure that, you know, we work with Brody, but, um, you know, guys, once the ball hits, we've got to join in on the ground and make sure that we're outnumbering and, and really getting over to that footy. Pendles, it's been a, another tough July for the Magpies, and as the leader, you know we we know it's all encompassing being the being the captain of a footy club. Have your thoughts drifted already to how you can how you can get the group going, get them out of this funk, something something out of the ordinary during the week, meetings, that kind of thing? Well, it's funny, but we've actually got a bit of a function tonight, so um, you know it's probably a good time to get together, have a few beers, relax. Um, enjoy each other's company socially. You know, you spend so much time together at the footy club, you know, doing your work. But to get away, you know, we've had, you know, a couple of road trips in a row, a short turnaround into Friday night. So it's, I think tonight's a little function that we've got as a football department, you know, come at the right time to, you know, get away from footy, have a few beers together, um, you know, have those discussions that always tend to come out tonight. And, um, yeah, and then just get back on the horse and get ready for, for Sunday in the Gold Coast. Well, is is part of the routine? Would would you speak to the the leaders over the weekend, or or even Bucks? Is is that something? Is that something that's part of your sort of regular routine to check in with those guys after after a disappointing loss? Um, yes, I think most weeks, regardless if it's um, a win or loss, it's just making sure we you know, we stay focused and not get too carried away because you know nothing's ever as you know you're never going as well as you think you are, or it's never as bad as it is. So. Uh, we just got to make sure we get back and focus on us and what we do well. And, um, you know, I think we can turn around you know, this little form slump pretty quickly. So how important is that, Scott, not to get overwhelmed by the, the negativity? Oh, I think it's crucial. You've got to keep a level head in this game. And, um, you know, it's funny, but you only have to look... We only have to look across the road at, at Richmond. You know, six weeks ago, everyone was saying they're done, they're cooked, um, they can't win with the players they've got, and, and now they're probably premiership favourites, so... It can turn around pretty quickly. You've just got to make sure that um, you just stick to what's happening inside your bubble. Um, no disrespect, but you don't get too caught up in what's happening outside our football club and um, yeah, just get back to the processes that work for us. And I feel like if we can do that, we're, you know, we're a really good side. But if we you know, only do it 75% of the time or 50% of the time, you know, we're, we're not going to be good enough. And the shared experiences of the successes that you've had, do they play a, a crucial role now? Is that, is that something that you draw on? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, even even last year, you know, when we had guys injured and, and people not out there where our system stood up and, and how we want to play with guys coming in and playing roles. So I think, you know, we just got to really get back to that, um, you know, that onus on every single player that come out, just do your job, you know, do your own job, um, connect with guys, but make sure you can play your role and perform your role. And it shouldn't matter who we've got out on the park. And we proved that last year. So um, we just got to get back to that side, that, you know, it's really hard to score against, really hard to play against. And I don't think, um, you know, that's too far away. We just need a little bit of a sharpen up and 
um, hopefully you see it pretty soon. Scotty, just harking back to one thing you said about it, they were a lot cleaner in the locks. How come you came off you? And I think you've got the surest hands in the team. How come you came off the wing at some centre bounces? Um, oh, we're, we're trying to get Geordie um, in more. So, um, you know, it's a little thing where you know, he's probably our best centre bounce player. So um, different guys at different stages jump out onto the wing. So it's literally just for that moment in time and then um, you know, yeah. back into the midfield. I, I, yeah. I just thought for those moments, you lost your, they lost your team, lost your capabilities of hand, uh, handling the ball. No possibility of getting the two of you in there at once? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. Scott, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Scott. Scott Pendlebury, the magpie skipper there. So from Jack Revolt and Scott Pendlebury, the story of last night, the prospects of two teams, is a bit the debate in the aftermath of it. We'll take your calls on the Star 21 open line, one 736 736 Star 21, your world, endless possibilities, one 300 Star 21. This is crunch time for Honda. Introducing Honda's 50-year limited edition range. Search Honda 50 and for Sublife, at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. The award-winning Crunch Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Such an anticipated Friday night encounter. Richmond made it its own and traded places with Collingwood. The Tigers' 32-point win saw them grab fourth and consign the Pies to fifth. And it does lead to a lot of forecasting from here. Richmond, the Premiership favourites. The Magpies have had the wobbles since the bye. So where does it ultimately lead them? On crunch time, Dermot Brereton, Kane Corns, Bob Murphy and Jared Waitley. We have spoken with Jack Revolt from the Tigers. We have spoken with Scott Pendlebury from the Pies. So now a chance to dissect it all. It feels, and, and it was sort of there in your questioning, Bob, is the lot of the runner-up, the, the chase to rediscover, um, they're dealing with, Adversity in, in terms of their injury list, which they have seen before, trying to maintain the belief that you can still return to what you were. And that was there in, in Scott Pendlebury's line of thinking. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could we all felt last year that they, they were the side that, that rode the wave, you know, and it took them all the way and took them agonisingly close. And you, just even watching them and, you know, and, and maybe even listening to, to the skipper then and, and throughout the year, this year has been has been much harder work for them. They haven't had things click just the way it did last year. We see Brisbane this year that, you know, they, they're clearly riding riding a wave different to other teams in the competition. But they still, you know, they've still got... I'm, I'm a bit with Dermot. I, I think there's still time, still time for them to get it to click and, and they get the Gold Coast next week and, and that, that might have come at a good time just for them to get their mojo back. So you've lived this journey, Derm. Um Hoping, waiting for it to click. Yeah. Searching yeah. for it to click. Yeah, it, it becomes a weird scenario whereby if you've made a grand final, if you've had top-end success right at the top of the tree, when things go wrong against you, you, you can fall into the, the problem we were chatting off air. You can fall into the unenviable situation where you say, when the heat's really on, we'll click. We're good enough to do that. And you know what? Sometimes we'll turn the tap on. Sometimes the no water flows. It just doesn't happen for you. There, there can be a bit of a smell about that with Collingwood at the moment, thinking when they come back, we'll click. 
I still think they can switch on. And look, the, the, the thing, not that I can t- tell a coach how to, how to coach, but if I was Nathan Buckley, I'd be focusing on we kick six goals to their five after half time. The damage was done. We start from half time, Richmond Collingwood, and that's how we go for the rest of the season. They are the, the, the things and the, the attributes that we must uh, seize on and grow on. They get a, a, a soft kill in terms of what the league throws up now against the Suns, but it's what they do with that. They really need to show... I, I really want to see some of the, the the grind back into Collingwood. Sometimes you chase your guts out and it works, and sometimes you chase your guts out and it doesn't work. But one thing's for certain, if you want to be successful, you have to chase your guts out when the opposition have got the ball. Last four, Kane, Gold Coast at the MCG, Melbourne at the MCG. So the bottom two teams is the latter stance at the moment. Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval, which will be desperation stakes, uh, I would think, with the Crows trying to cling on to eighth. And Essendon at the MCG, which is likely to be a very high-stakes encounter in round 23. That'd be an awesome (laughs) matchup, won't it? Yeah, they're saying Friday night as well, I think. Uh, I think that draw is going to be released soon, is it, Jared? And Mm. then that'll that'll be huge. But, yeah, nothing overly daunting but I'm with I'm with them it's not about who you play it's about how you play and and getting that desperation back the pressure just doing the basic basic things right and getting some players back into form look their midfield always gets plenty of the ball but you know how damaging is their is their midfield been I mean how how damaging is side bottom been well not clearly to his level last year which was extraordinary um Prestia gets uh, sorry um Trelaw gets a lot of it but kicked it at 33 percent last night so Want to see that, and then the use of Dugowie and where's he best suited? We just heard from the captain said he's their best centre square player, but I don't know. Uh, do they need him? Do they need him forward because there's not that many damaging personnel forward at the moment? So they got a lot of question marks, but they're well coached. They got talent. It can turn, but they're running out of time. In term, you mentioned you know not, it's it's the how they play, not the who. But this, this, the last month of the draw, that is actually perfectly designed I think for, for where the pies are at right mm. now so they get they get that's last and second last just to get get themselves winning get the mojo back then they get a vulnerable side into state that that has a nice little reward for it and then to have a blockbuster back at home the last game of the year if they if they do if they can sort of just get their mojo back that's a, that's a that's actually a really Nice month for them to to go into a final series. Maybe as long maybe as they don't think be... like that, though. No, Bob, no, that's right. No, I mean, I mean Melbourne, has, Melbourne nearly it's beat It's got to be the secondary thing, but it actually is yeah. set up that they that they could that they could find their mojo back before September. So this was the skipper on the idea of turning it around quickly. You've got to keep a level head in this game. And, um, you know, it's funny, but you only have to look. We only have to look across the road at. At Richmond, you know, six weeks ago, everyone was saying they're done, they're cooked, um, they can't win with the players they've got, and, and now they're probably premiership favourites. So it can turn around pretty quickly. You've just got to make sure that um, you just stick to what's happening inside your bubble. Um, no disrespect, but you don't get too caught up in what's happening outside our football club and, um, yeah, just get back to the processes that work for us. And I feel like if we can do that, we're, you know, we're a really good side, but if we, you know, only do it 75% of the time or 50% of the time, you know, we're, we're not going to be good enough. And a closing word on Richmond. So, Dermot, give me the... To get a great forward pairing to work, and when you hear Jack Revolt talk about it, um, and you've lived it and you've observed it, how does a great forward pairing, once they've got a taste of it and you refine it and refine it, how does it work? It's, it's remarkable because you, you're very close, yet you never get to the same footy with each other. You actually never 
brushed in with them out on the ground, yet you work in tandem and you work very closely and you're aware of them. Uh, having worked with Piggy Dunstall, he knew that when I had the ball, he could almost read if I was going to balk and go onto my left foot. You know, so the, the understanding between the two was fantastic. Different scenario with, with, with Tom and Jack. But I've, I've likened it. When one stays in that centralised position or is the kick down the line to do the grunt work, it relieves the other to be creative somewhere else in the forward line. Whereas Jack Revolt in the past three years has had to be all things. And that probably would take 30 or 40 games off his career at the end. Magnificent while he's doing it, but it does work in for each other. And it means that when you find a time when when the... uh, a warning light comes on and you go into high alert because there's a goal in the offering, you go express. You haven't been bashed up, bashed up at every contest. It's, it's exciting and it's what Kennedy and Darling get at the West Coast Eagles when they're on. This was Revolt on Lynch. Sometimes they say you said the, the um, West management team comes to the older players and they say, well, what about this guy here? And as soon as you hear a guy of the quality of Tom Lynch and your possibility of getting him and we sort of I just jumped at the opportunity and it's um it was really exciting and sort of the, the back end of 20 um 2018 where we did we, we weren't sure whether he was going to come and then the news came through that he, he'd chosen us so I was um over the moon and then, then to get him here we can see why we've got him he's, he's such a great talent Kane is this what we spoke about right through the off season coming to fruition the best team in the competition got the best available signature and of course this is how it would play out well yes it is isn't it this was i guess the worry about it and about free agency and all of that but good on them because uh collingwood were were right up to their their eyeballs in it as well and how different could their fortunes have been if lynch joined the pies um gold coast ramifications of that so this will be a big story i think if richmond go on and do what some of us and maybe most of us are thinking and, and win a premiership. This this will bring the argument about free agency and the, the strong getting stronger. But uh, good on them. He took a pay cut. He took less money than what he could have got, certainly at the Gold Coast and some at some other clubs. And there wasn't without question marks at the start of the year. You thought, oh, is he going to be the player that we thought he was going to be? But... No, he's been impressive, super impressive last week. The comment Jack made about his one contest last week against Port Adelaide with Carl Amon, that got me standing up and taking notice going, wow, this guy's got that in him uh, and he's a captain, he's a former captain of a club and he's playing with that sort of aggression as well as hitting the scoreboard. Well, right now with Jeremy Cameron, um, he's, he's the most dominant forward in the game. Daniel's with us in Reservoir. Hello, Daniel. Hi, guys. How are you? Well, good, I'm a colleague it's good. I'm a Collingwood supporter, and it seems to be the same thing year in, year out at, at, at Collingwood, our injury list. We have players that you see that are going to be injured for supposedly one, one week, and then what happens is they don't come back for five to six weeks like Adams. Um, and then you have Darcy Moore go out. He'll be another five weeks away. I just don't think the medical department down there is, is doing their job. Yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult from the outside, Daniel, to make uh, assertions about the medical medical department. You, you, see, you see someone like Roughhead last night. Now that's a contact injury, and that might see him out for a, a week next week. So you've got to weigh up. Uh, well, you know when you see somebody get a soft tissue injury, and you can see somebody, an explosive player, get it. 
That's in the moment. But if somebody through wear and tear gets a soft tissue injury through overuse or not being um, utilised in the correct way, like like say a, a Rioli, Silver Rioli, halfway through his career, he just kept pulling hamstrings. So they devised a plan for him to get through. So what you're questioning is Collingwood's ability to plan ahead for some of these guys who are susceptible to soft tissue injuries. Because you can't you can't guard against contact injuries like a rough head one last you, night. You can also do make the argument the other way and like I, I don't know, we're we're a long way away from it. But yeah. Darcy Moore and, and Jamie Allen were chronic. They weren't able to get out on the park at all. And I and we've seen and although Darcy's out at the moment with a hamstring, he's He's played a big chunk of footy this year, and they've got him back to his best. So I think it's it's unfair just to you know the final, lay a lot of blame there. Yeah, the final thing I'll say to you, Daniel, is if you take so you miss one game, take everybody who has played a senior game this year, tally up the total amount of games they've missed through injury, and call that a ladder. The team that is on top of that ladder with the most injuries year in year out normally is down at number eighteen. Collingwood have done incredibly well to get where they are with the volume of injuries they've had. So I, I, I take my hat off to them in, in a reverse type of way. Yeah, they need them out there and they need to play better. But to do what... They've bucked the trend of, of what it is to get that many injuries, yeah? No-one wants injuries. Yeah, that, that you can ask those questions, but we don't know unless you're actually on the inside. Dan's with us in Rye. Dan, welcome to Crunch Time. Yeah, hi, gents. Yeah, I'm just ringing in about um, the Tom Lynch um, arrival at Richmond. And um, we've got a good on them for their recent success. But there's just, as a neutral observer, there's just an uncomfortable feeling that I have watching him run around destroying the opposition last night. It's taken him a while to hit his straps. But I'm wondering what you guys think about a free agency system which allows a superstar 25-year-old key forward to waltz from the bottom club into a side that was already a premiership fancy. Yeah, so Kane's run that discussion really mm. right through the off-season yeah. and to now. The only it? thing... So, Dan, you still there? Yes. What yes. do you do for a job? Uh, I'm a, um, a, a Qigong teacher. I teach uh, Tai Chi in Qigong. Oh, wonderful. That's a great gig. That's another <laughs> conversation between us. Yeah. Why aren't you a plumber? <laughs> um, didn't didn't go to a training school to be a plumber and never really had an aptitude to okay. be a handyman. Okay, and now that was your choice. Tom Lynch got yeah. drafted to go 2,000 kilometres somewhere else in Australia. Now, I'm not totally in agreement with this, but this is the logic behind it. And for eight years, he was playing at a and performing and working at a business that he did not choose to go to. So at some stage, his commitment to that business, that team of that game for eight years, it is fair to assume he gets the right to call where he would like to play within reason if the job can be done to get him there. Do you, do you see that as a counter-argument, as a, a, a legitimate argument? Oh, definitely. And I, I feel for Tom Lynch as well. I mean, he's been forced to, to, to play out in the interstate and, and not have the success, and now he has the opportunity to do that. But it doesn't it doesn't resolve the uneasiness that I have watching a, a top club just pluck a, a player like him from a bottom club. Like, how is that situation of yeah. disparity and unfairness going to be resolved? Yeah, so that, that disparity... It... 
in a perfect world, the disparity would be uh, there was talk last year that, that the Tigers might lose a Josh Caddy and or another significant player. So two other players get squeezed out the other side of a Richmond list. I forget who got squeezed out in the end. Um, they lost one to Footscray. Um, Floyd, yeah. So you lose a couple to get in one big fish. Now, that is what is meant to be the evening of the competition. But as we know, a superstar can do a whole lot more damage than two good good soldiers. Yeah. I wonder if Tom Lynch starts to think, gee, I've waited too long to make this move, denies. He gave... Gold Coast, every possibility to grow into a club while he was there. And he gave them everything and while he was there. And now he's seen the other side of it. And you go, gee, did he waste four years of his career while the Suns mm. were trying to figure it out? Because, blimey, to see him on that stage last night is to know that that's where he belongs and probably has belonged for a long time. Yeah, a legitimate question, Dan, as Kane has uh, um, eloquently put across for quite some time now, but there is a counter-argument to it. So I just wonder... Uh, whether, Jared, before you move on, maybe it is that the top eight sides are ruled out of that or the top four sides. So, so Richmond finished, what, third or fourth last year. Does that rule them out of getting a big free agent like that? I'm not sure the answer to it, but do we need to even it up that way? I know there's a So Melbourne can't be in that. the hunt. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I know. <laughs> I, I know. And, and St- Stephen May must be going, well, I'll, I'll, pick the, I'll pick the wrong mob here. But, yeah, this is not a perfect world, is it? But nah. at, right now, I don't think the system we've got is is fair and uh, must be tough watching Gold Coast and they got pressed here in a premiership and uh, O'Meara at Hawthorne and everyone else that's left. It's a, it's, hey, it's a massive tenth, issue. mate. Come on. <laughs> I know, but uh, Gold Coast, uh, look, at, look at the players yeah. they've lost and then they're winning premierships Pickle. and their captain is kicking five on the big stage last night. Pickle. So let's leave last night there. It's Ronald McDonald's house charity round on AFL Nation with all proceeds going to seriously ill children and their families to make a contribution, WW www.rmhc.org.au forward slash rmhc round or you can call 1300 307 642 1300 307 642 to the coaching landscape so as i understand it reese shaw will be announced as north melbourne coach next week is they have run their process he was interviewed monday night it went exactly how they hoped that it would and they're convinced that it's going to be him. From what I can glean, they probably only spoke to one other and it might have been Michael Voss. I'll stand to be corrected if that's the case, but I think they spoke to Voss and whether they did that as a benchmarking exercise or a broader exercise, um, that's to be spoken about in time. If North Melbourne do go ahead and appoint Reece Shaw, have they got their man, Dermot? I think he's the right man for the job. The only thing I would ask... And question is, if you're running the show, why do you have to do it before before time? Is is Carlton or St Kilda going to come out and try and snip Reshaw from under their nose? I think you could let it run a little bit longer. Who knows? Alistair Clarkson might fall out of love at Hawthorne. You don't know. And it probably won't be the case. But if you don't have to announce it, let it run. That's my, my take on it. Kane, if in a process... Are you looking to confirm your intuition that you've got your guy or are you looking to bring as many in as possible and see what's there? Well, I think it's just crossing the T's and dotting the I's, Jared, to to do that with him. I mean, there's been talk about it and his role. He's come from nowhere for me, so he must have done something so impressive, not only the results but behind the scenes as well. 
I do I do like the way he deals with the media. There is an honesty about him. Yes, he's yeah. clearly been himself. Like, I don't think he's trying to be anything other than he's not. And to Our the politicians point been, could learn a thing or two mm, off well, Reece Hawke. I, I think he could because if, if he doesn't know the answer to a question that he's asked, <laughs> he just says... He just says, "I don't know." I, you feel know, like you, you feel like you're getting you feel like you're getting his thoughts, aren't you? There's no exactly. there's no rehearsed um, there's no prepared statement. So I'll put my hand up. I didn't think he was the guy, uh, Jared. I didn't think he had enough of a an aura, um, enough you know he's selling the tickets, the right word, or enough buzz to to handle a, a club, a, a struggling club. You know, from the from the trenches, really, aren't they? North Melbourne, who struggle with crowds and financial situations. Yeah. I didn't think he was the guy, but I mean, he's impressed me. Um, um, and I'm always a bit nervous with caretaker coaches and getting sucked in by that, just through you know life experience with the one that I had. So uh, anyway, it's a credit to him, and he's in, he's been impressive. So that's there, a big story. There is a a, a little bit of a backstory, which which is only rumor, but. It is said that he got given the caretaking role because he was the one who spent the least time underneath uh, Brad Scott. So, therefore, he would have a slightly different viewership of the, the list and how they play, and it might give them something they hadn't seen before. And from that, he's done incredibly well. Just a little bit of a different look at it. Um, so, yeah, so that that is rumour and innuendo, so I don't know how true it is, but it makes... It makes sense how yeah. he sort of leapfrogged a few there in short time to actually get the caretaker role. Um, Bob, is, we spoke about this as he came to the job, um, the lot of the modern caretaker, and mm. it seemed like a poor lot. And across, what, six or seven weeks, um, it has been carried out remarkably on a couple of fronts. <laughs> it, it has. and I, We talked about it right at the start, didn't we, Jared? that... On, on the one hand, it felt almost at the start that other coaches stepped back. Oh, I thought, oh, I thought, oh, Lee Tudor, well, like, he'll, he'll be the caretaker. And then, no, it's like, oh, Reece, I was like, oh, okay, Reece, I was going to do it. And then this kind of opportunity reveals itself because he's had he's had such a long time. Often the caretaker get, they get three or four weeks, which, and I, I, I think clubs, rightly or wrongly, I don't think they trust three or four weeks because... There's, you know, there's the clean slate, and it's, you know, you can you can give this version of yourself for a month, and you can't really lay down foundations. Where I, I think because of the amount of time he's had to, to kind of reshape the club, they've they've clearly, you know, fallen, you know, swept each other off their feet, club and club and coach. So I, I was with, I, I was expecting, I'm kind of in a bit of shock that, that they will announce it so quickly. I, I thought they would go through, uh, go through a, you know, a much a much broader process or due diligence as we love to say in footy but I must admit I'm kind of kind of um, excited by the prospect of they've, mm. they they they've, they know enough about their man that they they feel like that they've, they've got it right so good on them if they if they, if they know they've got their man can I throw this not? at you at there then uh, Bob Reshaw came in and he identified what are this list's strengths now Scotty had a, a game plan based on contest, and then he got Polek to the club. He wanted some outside class. They got Higgins to the club three or four years ago. That's their their outside ball-using class. Aaron Hall. Yeah, but, exactly. But what they are really good at is winning the football. So what's their strengths? Their strengths is Cunnington, Zeeble and the likes, and their ability to win grunting, gruelling contests. And that's what he reverted their game to. Mm. So if... 
something happens along the way and they somehow get more of these outside players into the club, can Reshaw move with that and move his game style away from hard committed football that plays narrow side and belts you up at the contest mm. and tries to win it and move it on? Fair enough. If somebody's in the free, you give it to in free zone, yeah. you give it to them. Now you have to ask yourself, can he uh, progress more than the coach who's willing to get you to play? And he spent a lot of time under Horse Longmire, this grunting, real difficult, real ferocious style footy. Does he have the ability to move from that? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, there's there's so many ways to, to coach a footy side, so many different styles. What what Reese from 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 where I sit, he, he seems to have such a sharp eye of... This is what I've got. Yeah. This is this is how best to, you know, let them let them play. He, he knew he had these battering rams in the middle of the ground, Cunnington and Zebel. Okay, play like human cannonballs and and set the pieces up around that. So I think his his read on what what I've got, and then then to shape the style around that is is something that served a lot of coaches in footy pretty well over the years and he seems to have he seems to that seems to be his um seems to be his strength of his yeah, so my question to you then is if he somehow not inherits if he somehow uh, morphs into a pretty team with good kickers in three years time but beautiful ball users will he be able to move his coaching style to that well, I'm, uh, on the samples, I, I I can't answer that, but I, but my gut says yes because of because of how quickly he he was able to assess this group and and yeah. shape it around what he had. Good call. Good so call. just a, a clarifying note from a source who would know is North definitely did not interview Voss. They might have been interested and wanted to, but he's invested in the Carlton job. So just okay. a note of clarity there. But Reece Shaw so uh, has won mean... the North Melbourne job and will be appointed next week. That means they didn't interview anyone uh, besides I, Reece. I, Maybe we might let them answer that question okay, rather yeah. than add to the layer of speculation. <laughs> on well, that. they did I'm reach out to, to Longmire as well. Yeah, I, so I there think was, probably there once, was reaching once out was, done. Yeah. Yep. Whether there was any other interviewing done, it let's would let scare off that. prospective Definitely. other coaches if you knew so much they wanted to interview John Longmire. It would scare you off and say, "Well, I'll wait till that deal might die." Is there still the stigma? I'm not sure who this question's directed at. All, all three of you. Is there still a bit of a stigma? Say, so we all sit here and say, well, Reshaw is odds on to get this job. Yep. It's his to lose. Is there a reluctance from assistant coaches out there to go, well, I'm not going to put my name into that and then miss out and have this black mark against my name? Because yes. I, I just yes. think that's, that is such old-fashioned thinking yeah, yeah. that we go, oh, he missed out at one or two jobs he can't he must be no good that just seems absolute waffle to me that yeah so uh, in this instance there would have been a, a safety blanket but i do think that still exists you know so what i said about it asking, should or it shouldn't asking the girl to dance to <laughs> i don't know uh, kane great to have you with us more of crunch time next go. the award-winning crunch time Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill.
Richmond made a bold start to round 19. 32 point winners over Collingwood. Saturday afternoon football is coming into view in Launceston. It is an intriguing clash. Hawthorne and the Brisbane Lions. Not because necessarily of their shared heritage, but because the Hawks are on a roll and the Lions have been climbing the ladder every week from seventh up to second. And then Carlton and the Adelaide Crows. What are they calling it? The Pick Swap Cup. <laughs> so there's good motivation for Adelaide to push Carlton down. They're always in a cup. There's the always cup something. And, yeah. There's always something. Jared Whateley, Dermot Burton and Bob Murphy with you. Tim O'Brien has replaced John Segler in the game. You're going to see Bob and the Lions are as selected. We'll get you to give us a, a snapshot of that as we go along. So Tim O'Brien replaced by John Segler. So I had that the wrong way around. Yes. O'Brien out. Yeah, O'Brien played well in. last week, so I sort of got that. Yep. Keep it simple for those of us with a bit of dyslexia. It's crunch time for Honda, introducing Honda's 50 years limited edition range. Search Honda 50 and for Sublife at Subway. Try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. A real glad bag of topics to work through right from the week. So we have discussed reshore. Uh, is going to be appointed North Melbourne coach next week, to the best of my understanding. Let's go through the rest. Is it time to believe Ross Lyon, who has been repeatedly unequivocal that he is remaining at Fremantle and will be there next year in the final year of his contract, despite all the smoke that is around Fremantle? I think I think Ross really wants to be there and see this through and, and commit to the group that he's uh, assembled since he not disassembled the group that made a grand final because the core of those players predominantly is still there. But he's brought in a... It's surprising how many players he's blooded in that time for a, for a man who was always tarnished with the he only plays experienced players. That was the call on him at St Kilda. I think he wants to see it through, but there is no denying there are sections of the media in West Australia who for some reason be it known only to themselves, don't like Ross Lyon and they will create rumours, innuendo. How far that's penetrated within the club, I do not know. What do you think, Bob? He couldn't have been more emphatic, could he? Any chance Ross gets, he he steps on it. He, but but every week there's sort of the, the noise and the, it's a conversation topic every week. So I'm... On, on the strength of what Ross is saying, well, he sounds emphatic, so I, I, I take him at his word. But, you know, the stranger things have happened in footy, so so who, who knows what will happen at the end of the year. But I, I wouldn't have thought so. The uh, Gary Lyon said last night it would be the biggest shock in his time in football if Alistair Clarkson left Hawthorne and took the Carlton job. There are punctuating reports every week or so that still have him as a possibility there. Could you envisage that in any way, Dermot? I, I couldn't. He's remarkably well paid now. It's like, I would say it's try, like trying to remove a player or move a player from a club who's happy, has a task ahead of him and is up for the the challenge and he's been paid currently $1.2 million and you're saying you're going to pay him one6 to go somewhere that 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 is on the bottom. It, 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 for 400000 do you want to do that? to yourself so but people will believe that it's not for sale but everything has a price and they, <laughs> and, they, and they will always come back to well how much money can you throw at somebody before they actually say 
Well, I have to consider this. Yeah, I can't believe it's got anything to do with money if he is even vaguely entertaining. And I'm not in that camp. I've sat opposite mm. Alistair when he was just so emphatic, not only in saying that he wouldn't, but explaining the reasons why that he wouldn't. So why, what would be the price where he could, he no, could actually I, say... I so I don't think... This is where the soft cap plays a role. Is Absolutely I know that the, the dull thinkers go $2 million... That, but you can't close everything yeah. out. Uh, that, have that's to run such water a naive as well. view. Yes, yeah. coach for two million. We strap an ankles and running water and. <laughs> Correct. So it's not a two million dollar idea. Two million. Yeah, yeah. That's like my first days, my first year, my well, one and only year at Sydney. I ended up strapping blokes ankles. And he's got a he's got Hawthorne on an upswing, which maybe a month ago didn't look likely. Oh, he he must be the central figure in trying to lure Cornelio and Patton to the club. He's one of the few, if not the only. And we hear about destination clubs. He perhaps is the only destination coach mm. for players who want to go somewhere. You weigh up a club to go to. There are a, a couple or a few destination clubs. And Hawthorne have been a destination club, but they are definitely a destination coach venue. Full points, full points Dermot, for introducing a new vernacular into the game. <laughs> that is excellent. Destination coach. Should Luke Hodge <laughs> play on next year? Uh, Bob. <laughs> yes, yes, he should, and I, I, I think he, I think he will because, and I, and I did it myself. You go, oh, yeah, I'm here for this term, and I'm just here to set these boys up, and then, and then, you know, he'll sort of drift off into the side and go into his other life. He'd be having the ride of his life at the moment. They deceded this young group, see them blossom over a couple of years, and he's the sort of player that, in a good side, that that he. He's such of such worth to them because he, he clearly makes them better by setting them up, and you just have to watch them live. And I'll get the chance to watch them live again today. He's worth. He's always been worth more than himself to a footy team, Hodgie. And whilst he's injury free, I don't care if he loses a yard of pace. Whilst he's injury free, I, th- I think he should go again. There's such a legacy piece in this term. So he's a walk-up Hall of Famer. Yep. I suspect he's a you know four decades on legend. If by chance, having retired. He was a centrepiece in the Lions winning a premiership. Like, there is no debate. I think he's probably I know where you're going, get anyway. out of the room. <laughs> Don't even go there, too. Look, the, the one thing I'd shut the door on, such a legacy piece. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with uh, Robert on all those comment, uh, that commentary. The only thing I'd say to that is he is the one player in their team, as good as he is, as, as, as magnificent he is for the organisational duties he has, the on-field coaching duties he, he has, he's the one person in that team that's exploitable by the opposition when the game is on even terms. And he would be aware of that, absolutely. wouldn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I feel no qualms about, about saying because he knows that. Yeah. So he needs the game slightly. For him to perform very well, he needs the game slightly or better on Brisbane's terms. But if you have the game on the other team's terms or it's even and you have to... and you've got a forward line that can manipulate around the opposition back line, he's the one who is exploitable. That's what that's what's on offer, though, isn't it, though, Derm, with their, with their form line, is that if they keep improving on this trajectory that, that they will be a... you know, a, they could be a dominant side next year where Fair he cool. would... Yeah. Yeah. You can balk this if you like, Dermot, because you have a, a stake at St Kilda. Is Jack Stephen bound to be somewhere else next year? I can answer this. I, I have no idea. I see him at training. 
and he's vibrant, he's effervescent, and he he just loves being out in the training track. If you blindfolded me and, and blocked my, gave me earphones for the last eight weeks, I wouldn't know that he's gone through any trouble. He, yeah. he, it's not visible. So um, I can only say from there's somebody inside there that, that's looking on the field across training, he says it seems to be business as usual. Yeah. Could he be an asset somewhere else, Bob? Oh, he could, yeah. I mean, it's you know tricky territory. We know from from afar with with his with his issues that he's working through. So I've I've, I've no you know, knowledge of of the detail around that. But geez, a, he's a star player and he's he's consistently good. So um, if he if he gets himself in the shape that he that he wants to get back out there and and can do it regularly, yeah. There'd be a, all clubs. All clubs would look at it. I must say, Bob, I've never seen a player who's starting to look more like the big Lebowski with his hairdo <laughs> than Jack. <laughs> it is everywhere. I, I love it. By three o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the crunch. The questions from the week of footy as they relate to round nineteen and beyond. The forty wink serious about sleep ladder update. Any size mattress at the price of a single at forty winks. The pies have dropped out of the top four. It was trading places last night. The Tigers are in and they're on the climb. A win today for the Giants and a big win by the Bombers tomorrow would see the Pies drop to seventh. So the maths at this time of year are Mm. tricky and vital. Team up with your perfect bed using bed match only at 40 Winks. More of the crunch coming up. This is crunch time for Honda and for Subway. It's Ronald McDonald House charity round on AFL Nation with all proceeds going to seriously ill children and their families. www.rmhc.org.au forward slash rmhc round. Or you can donate at 1300 307 642. We're lucky in our building we have a McCafe and every one of those coffees is a straight donation to Ronald McDonald House. Be down there in a minute. Yeah, so I didn't realise it ran on a Saturday. It's a good discovery. <laughs> Dermot Burton, Jared Waitley, and Bob Murphy with you. The place of the Shaw family in football. So Heath reaches game 300 today. Reese is going to be installed as the permanent coach at North Melbourne. Tony and Ray. So Heath spoke with a great sense of pride about the thousand game mark that they had collectively brought up. He says, We don't talk about Neville, the black sheep uncle of the family. <laughs> And their place in the scheme of things, not just as fine footballers, but as true characters through the generations. Yeah, wonderful. And they are the epitome of working stock characters, aren't they? They're everything Collingwood would have loved. I know Reese is, uh, uh, sorry, Heath is now at GWS. But if you had to describe a Collingwood character, the background, the way they played, the heart and soul they give, it's it's the archetype, isn't it, that... The, Tony Shaw and even Ray was a bit more skillful who gets lost in history a little bit. But having been a Collingwood supporter as a kid, he was some sort of player, Ray Shaw. Mm. Bob, are you worried about Eddie Betts? Oh, yeah, I am. Jared, yeah, I was sort of um, a bit, bit sad to see that, that Eddie was dropped this week. He still kicked 32 goals for the year. So whenever a player gets to, you know, to that age... Um, and you know the crows are at a precarious position, so you know, we'll see what happens with them in the in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it's um, a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a warning sign, isn't it? That or more than a warning sign, really. It's sort of a warning siren that that um, you know that, that how long Eddie's got left. So are hopefully you, he can get himself back in. Are you surprised that not so much directly out of Adelaide, but they've almost sold the 
the dismissal by the, the vernacular that's come out is, oh, well, he's kicked 12 of those 32 against the Suns, which are on, you know, they're on life support. So he's got 20 for the rest of the year against competition. Yeah. I, 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 you still got to kick him, though, I think, Tim. Um, I, I still think, you know, 32 goals. I think the most I ever kicked in a year was 34. So <laughs> 32 yeah. is pretty good. Um, yeah, I'd like to think Eddie's still, he's got a, you know, a little bit more life left in him. Forward pockets, they are, you know, they're, they're probably on more than any position on the field. You know, they really, you know, do they feed off how how the rest of the team's going. So that, you know, the Crows have. You know, they're screaming for him. For a pressure player in the forward line, and that might, if they can find a true pressure player for that forward line, it might elongate Eddie a bit more. Yeah. Do you think how hard's the decision that Eddie has to make? He's got a year to run. Do you have to be careful with your own legacy, or do you back your capacity to endure, Bob? What I know about footballers, Jared, is they the instinct is to to back themselves in. Yeah, legacy legacy will, will come a distant second. Is what my experience. Term. Yeah, yeah. Footballers always believe in their in their own upside. Very few actually go. This is how it is. <laughs> I've lost a, I've lost a yard. I don't jump as high, and I don't turn as quickly. Which, in reality, are all the things that have happened to Eddie. Um, but you'll still back yourself unless you change your role to get back to really good form. Carlton out, Zach Fisher late change in, Paddy Dow, the Crows are as selected in that encounter at the MCG this afternoon. Mm. Have things gone suspiciously quiet around Stephen Canelio? Do you think that he now is leaving? Oh. Yeah, it has been quiet over the last year. too <laughs> quiet. Yeah. <laughs> but having said that, we've, or have we just given him a little bit of space rather than create the... The uh, the bylines, given that he's now resting up somewhere in in Sydney, have we, we given him the space to be quiet? I'm, I'm thinking, Dermot, that Jared was watching Shrek over the school holidays <laughs> and saw that scene that it's quiet, a little too quiet. But I'm going <laughs> to find a football situation <laughs> to slot that in. I know you, Jared. The, long, how it works. the longer it goes at this point, the less likely it is that he's re-signing at the Giants. And at, at the very start of this conversation was and a huge amount of confidence that he was the one who would re-sign at the Giants. We are a long way down the path not to have that signature for that confidence still to hold. Well, and there is the added thing too, Jared, of, you know, because often, you know, if the, if the question is put to the player or the manager, is, oh, no, we're focusing on the football, well, well he's injured at the moment. So there, there, really is, there really is space and time for this to be sorted out quickly. Historically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not 100%. Not 100. But most players who struggle to sign before the time, end up leaving. The Cats uh, trough, slump, hump, depends on how you view it. They're ruck stock, so they change now from Stanley to mm. Smith. This is a, a big moment late so in the this season. This is huge. Term. We were discussing this off air. And you're giving a bloke hey, the charter of you're our number one, Henry Stanley, and you get through the season predominantly with him and you've put so much trust in him and he's shown good signs, he's played some good games and then he goes flat for a prolonged period of time and how long do you stay with him before you believe that the curve can come again but five games out from the finals says to me there's a grasp here, there's a grasp but gee we need something more in our middle, if we give the opportunity to somebody else 
will they seize that opportunity? So it's a, it's a very, very interesting one. I think the team's lost a little bit of their dare. They definitely did in the first half last week. Got a bit of it back in the second half. There's some, it's Playing against a team like Hawthorne, they're not the best team. Nowhere near the best team. But the way they defend the ground, we talk about Clarkson attitude to the way he's coached them this year, the way they defend the ground is close to league's best at this point in time. You have you're, to take dares against them. You're the Cats man amongst us, Jared. Who, you, who, who would you pick first, Smith or Stanley? Oh, that, it's, it's the same question that it's been for a long time. And they, I think their methodology was to back Stanley and to tell him, you're our guy. And they've gone the long journey with him, but he just, he hasn't, he couldn't hold his place. So the attributes are Stanley has got reasonable, so he's not a monster, but he's got reasonable height and reach, runs like the wind, kicks it beautifully, sometimes can't be at full 100% competitiveness. Zach Smith has size huge size, has ability, kicks it okay, but sometimes is not at 100% competitiveness Mm. as well. So they both suffer the same affliction when confidence deserts them. So what do you go for? The size that might Mm. be able to compete or the speed and reach that might be able to compete and can still do some damage on the outside. So my gut feeling is that on qualifying final night, Reece Stanley's their starting ruckman Mm. and this is to try to shake him back to his form. How'd you like to be 18 years of age, Bob, and say nominate for the draft and you're in Reece Stanley's body? <laughs> oh, my God, imagine. Imagine that. It's the pre-seasons I think about. Like, imagine. Imagine how joyful pre-seasons would have been if you were Reece Stanley. He's got the world at his feet still. Should yep. the Saints just step out of looking to recruit a Ruckman given for all the world it looks like Rowan Marshall is the long-term solution? Ooh, I've got to be careful what I say. Um, finding a ruckman to do what Rowan Marshall's doing right now, a ruckman of any age to do that, is very difficult. Finding one Rowan Marshall's age to do what Rowan Marshall's age player is doing is next level. So whether you believe he still could be quite good as a ruck as a forward slash ruckman uh i think you know what you've got there build around it yeah that's my own feeling but then having said that i have nothing to do with that selection or the or the discussion he's becoming one of the discoveries of the year isn't he it's been fantastic fantastic and and an a-grade citizen as well and most a-grade citizens don't have a bit of grunt in them (laughs) <laughs> They're too nice for footy. We know those types, Bob. Um, yeah, but to, yeah, but to, just on that point, to have to have your ruckman as a you know good citizen and and have that grunt, it's a you know that that's an important cog in a yeah. team. And just as I'm sat here in Launceston, as the fog has lifted, Ben Hudson has just walked around the boundary, and I thought that's what he was to a footy side I played in. He was full of grunt and spirit and he set set the tone for us many, many times and that's what Rowan Marshall seems to be doing at the Saints. He's, he's just got a bit more agility than perhaps Hutto yeah. had. Well, he doesn't have the beard that, that Hutto had either, <laughs> Dermot, so it swings and roundabouts. There are a couple of non-negotiables for Melbourne in the back part of the season, I think, and tonight is one of them. Um, that For their own credibility, do they need to beat St Kilda? 
Yeah, uh, yes. Which is easier They're in the same neighbourhood. So in, it's not about yeah. who are you tipping or... Absolutely. They're in the same neighbourhood on the ladder. This would be good for Brett Ratton because I get the feeling that Melbourne have changed their strategy in terms of playing and the way he's coaching him. I think he's gone more on the, let's find out who can play for next year. And I've heard the vernacular around some people who are close to the club and love the club saying oh, yeah, last year was, you know, the abnormality. They are what they are now. The coaching staff down there have seemed to go, right, let's find out who can play now. We go man on man. So we're not going to have any blowouts one way or the other. We're going to be competitive and they're playing a much more accountable man-on-man. Man. So they want to see who can play, win their own footy, see who can do well in those circumstances, because that's what you base your, your future on. If he flips it on his head, and that's what, what I think St Kilda will expect, if he flips it on his head, bang, will Rats be able to go with that straight away? Dermot Brereton, Bob Murphy on Crunch Time today. The... Don't forget to grab your AFL record this weekend as you head to a game. Still just $5 thanks to Karcher, the official 2019 partner of the AFL record. A terrific piece on the coaching landscape in there while you wait for your games to start. Enjoy Launceston, Bob. Thank you, Jared. Good on you, Dermot. See you, Robert. Great as ever. We'll talk on Crunch Time next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.